How's it going? Good? It's a good day. I'm excited to be able to share with you guys. If you, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Kari. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm in a very clear stage of my life where I was telling the first service that when you are as visibly pregnant as I am, people, you get one question all the time. And it sounds like a question everyone gets, but I'll, I'll let me walk you through it. It's a little different. I don't just get asked the question, how are you doing? I get asked the question all the time, how are you doing? All the time. I mean, like, constantly. Um, people look at me, and it's different because it's not the sympathy, how are you doing? Because, you know, if you're going through a hard time and someone comes to you, they might say, how are you doing? You know, kind of a little bit down. But this is with anticipation and usually with two hands facing forward, how are you doing? There's a lot to that, and I'm not offended by it at all. I do that to my pregnant friends as well. But it's, it's, I get asked that question all the time. And I'm somebody who values transparency. I, I value being able to share my life with people in a, in a genuine way, especially here in, in church, in our church community. This is a place where I want, this is, you guys are my friends and my family. You're people I want to share my life with. And so I value not just kind of pushing it aside and saying, yeah, I'm doing really great. I really, I, I want I to know really how I'm doing. And the problem with that is that it kind of has put me in this state of self-reflection a lot recently because I get asked the question all the time, how are you doing? And people even will push in farther because they know that I'm seven and a half months pregnant and they'll say, really, how are you doing? And I don't know if you're like me, but I, when I think about how am I really doing, how, how am I, I kind of will, va- will weigh things on a scale of good and bad. Do you ever do that? Like, well, you know, my job's really great, and I know that I'm blessed, but, like, I was in a car accident. But you know what? I have insurance. But, you know, you kind of go back and forth trying to figure out how you're really doing. And for me, because I want to be able to answer that question Honestly, I always feel like, how can I say I'm doing bad, no matter what's going on? Because my husband and I, if we, my husband and I have this really full, blessed life. I mean, first of all, we know Jesus, so our past is forgiven, our eternity is secure. We're blessed from all angles. God's good. So how can I say I'm doing bad? We have a full family. We're about to have our third child in less than five years. God help us, and. We, I mean, these, we prayed for this. This is, this is something we feel blessed to be able to have a family. It's not a given. We have a home that's bursting at the seams. We moved to a new house about six months ago. It's a home we hope to die in. Not right away. Um, <laughs> gives about 60 years. But we don't want to move again. We love where we live. And somehow, many of you know this about me, I am not an animal lover, but we have like 14 chickens and a turkey and a cat, and we have our neighbor's cows on our property right now. Like, we're bursting at the seams. It's a good life that we're living. We love our church community. I cannot say I'm doing bad, but I can also not be honest if I don't also say, like, this is the hardest season of my adult life, period, easily. If you've had little kids, you know, like, I'm really tired. (laughs) I don't remember what it's like to not be asleep (laughs) um, at the wheel at all times. 
I'm exhausted. We have more responsibility than we know what to do with. And if I'm going to be very honest and transparent, guys, this season has been one where I have made more mistakes than I've ever made in my entire life. We probably, my husband and I have probably hurt more people unintentionally than we ever had. We have more messes to clean up. We have more difficult decisions that just cause agony in our lives. And that's not because we're doing something bad, but it's because there's sometimes there are things in our lives that are worth the hard price that you have to pay. You know what, I, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, if you ask me this question, how are you really doing? I feel like it's, the answer is so hard to come through because it's like, well, there's so much good. But you know what? This is a really hard season for us. I think it's worth it, but it's not easy. And I don't tell you that to, like, curb the questions of how are you doing. <laughs> I tell you that because I think that I'm really un- not unique in that at all. This is just the human condition, isn't it? It's the human condition that we live as not purely mountaintop and purely valley. We kind of have both happening all at the same time. It's hard. It's a tension that we live with. You know, because of sin, none of us are going to get out of this world unscathed. And I'm not just talking about busy schedules. I'm not just talking about responsibility. The human condition is that we are hurting, aren't we? There are wounds that people cannot see that mark us, that change the way we walk and talk and relate and live our lives. And that's not wrong. That's just, tr- that's just reality. In fact, I believe there are two really unchanging things in this world. If you're going to go on the good and bad scale, how are you doing? We need to know that especially that we serve a God, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, but we have a God who is always purely good. He is good all the time. He's not good some of the time. He is good all the time. It is his nature to be righteous. It is his nature to have love. He is love. He is life. We serve a God who is always, always, always good. However, we live in a world that is always, always, always bad. There are times where our circumstances may be a little bit better, but don't we just live in a broken world? I can't tell you the depth of sadness in my heart, even just this last week, crying over our nation. We live in a mixed up nation. And it kind of seems like everyone's got good intentions and yet everyone's doing stuff wrong. It's hard. So when we live in the middle of these two realities, that God is always good and because of sin, the world is always going to be difficult and hard, we just kind of sometimes will kind of tip our scale one way or the other, won't we? Depending on the day, depending on the circumstance. And so this morning, I want to talk about a God who makes us new. I want to talk about healing. I want to talk about the nature of Jesus when he encounters us in whatever state we're really in. But church, as we go into the scriptures, as we talk about this, I would encourage you, can you allow your hearts to be vulnerable before the Lord? Because I believe he wants to do a good thing this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. God, I pray that you would speak to us God, I thank you that you are a God who sees everything. God, I thank you that you are a God who, know, who is well acquainted with sorrow. 
Lord, would you come and bring clarity? Lord God, I pray that in Jesus' name there would be no confusing voices of the enemy in this place in Jesus' name. Lord God, I pray that there would be clarity and hope and life. In your name we pray. Amen. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? You know, um, in John chapter 5, we'll read it in a, in a few moments, but there's, there's a moment where Jesus comes to a man who is sitting beside a pool of water in which he could receive healing. And this man lived his life defined by the fact that he was waiting to be healed. He was wanting to be healed. And before Jesus healed him, he asked him the question, do you want to be made well. Probably a little insulting for a guy who lives his life next to the pool of healing waiting to be healed, but he asks this question, do you want to be made well? Why would he ask that? I think that we need to be asked that a little bit, right? Do you want to be healed by Jesus? Because I believe that the way that we come to Jesus matters. The way that we present ourselves to him matters. Where our hearts are matters. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak at a women's retreat. And um, the theme of the weekend was the woman that God sees. Now, this was specific to women, but the theme really has nothing to do with women. It's just about people. And as I was praying this week, preparing, I felt like the Lord said that he wanted me to share a little bit of what he, sh- he gave me for that weekend because it's for everybody. I was praying, and as I was preparing for that message, I said, God, who is it that you see? And I was given a picture in my mind by the Lord pretty Im- immediately. If you have never experienced that, um, that's when the Holy Spirit would put just kind of an image in your mind, kind of like your imagination, except you didn't think it up. It just appears there immediately. And God spoke to me in that picture. And I saw a person who was... Um, kind of zombie-like coming toward Jesus. I'm not talking full living dead. I'm talking like halfway there, right? Like kind of limping as they walk toward Jesus. Their eyes were dark and cheeks kind of sunken in. And this person had bandages all over their body. And in that moment, I knew that that person had, each individual bandage was like a different wound in their life, a different hurt in their lives. And um, as I could see in kind of my mind's eye, the Lord said that each wound had had a bandage over it. It was just different times and that there had been healing in those moments. They had left the bandage on each one and each, I'm not going to get too specific, but it was, the bandages were infected and discolored and you could see that each one was a little different. And this person was just limping toward Jesus, reaching out to him and saying, Jesus, would you heal me just this one more time? One more time, Jesus, will you heal me? Will you touch me? Will you touch my heart? Will you touch my body and heal me? I was reminded of the woman with the problem of blood that we see in the New Testament who had been bleeding for 12 years and crawled her way to Jesus to touch just like the the tip of his clothes, asking, begging for healing. She was healed in that moment. But I felt like the Lord said that this is how many of us see ourselves hobbled together, broken from the past. That when we come to Jesus, we're just wondering, God, could you do it for me now? We feel like we're barely holding on by a thread. 
Now, when I shared it with this group of women, I was in a, I was, I was speaking at a church in Aberdeen. It's my, my parents' church, and these are women I know, some of them really well. And uh, if you've ever driven through Aberdeen to get to the beach, go to like Ocean Shores or Westport, you might get a very specific picture of that town. I love Aberdeen, the Dirty Dean, as I call it. I love it. But it's a specific group of people with their own culture. People may just know them because of the poverty in the area or some of the hardships that they face. But do you know what I love about that area is that when I was telling people about Jesus, I remember in high school, I'd tell people about Jesus all the time. And I'd say, you need Jesus. And they'd be like, I need something. I'd be like, your life is messed up. They're like, I know. I love that. There is an openness, just this vulnerability of like, yeah, what I'm doing is not working. You know what I saw? People get saved. I saw people give their lives to Jesus and transform, not just in their spirits, but in the things that they did. I saw so many first-generation families go to college and have relationships that lasted. I saw healing. God did good things. He's doing good things. But when I shared with that group of women at the women's retreat, this picture of a person hobbling toward Jesus, they were open enough to say, like, yeah, that's me. But I, I worry that in a group like this, in the Seattle-Tacoma area, it's really easy for us to say, oh, yeah, I know someone like that. I know someone like that. You know who needs to hear this? I am forwarding this message to my sister. But I don't think that that is someone else. I think that's every one of us. Every one of us holds these scars. There are, in this room, there are people who have secrets or wounds of sexual abuse and addiction, of trauma, rejection, depression, anxiety. There are secrets in this room. There are people who are holding things inside. They want no one else to see. Not because this is a group of bad people. This because we are a group of people, of humans. And when we come to Jesus, we might try to act like we have it all together, but we don't. We are, in need, we are all in need of a Savior to heal our hearts and heal our bodies. In John 5, 2 through 9, it's, taught, it's Jesus when he came to this man. It says, inside the city wall near the sheep gate, there was a pool with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? He said, I can't, sir, said the sick man. For I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping bag, sleeping mat. He didn't have a sleeping bag. Sleeping mat, and began walking. I believe in a God who heals. Do you know Jesus did not have to heal when he was here on earth? Did you know that? Jesus didn't have to heal our hurts. Do you know that Jesus could have come to earth, God himself, God in a bod, here as a human, and could have lived a perfect life, had no relationship with anyone, just been in seclusion, lived a perfect life, been crucified, 
rose again, and before he ascended to heaven, could have said to like two people, hey, by the way, the whole world's sins are forgiven. If they repent and come to me, go tell people. And he was out of here. And our sins would have been forgiven if we turned to him. But he didn't choose to do that. He chose to heal us on the way. Why? So we can have full, pure, holy lives before him. Is that not incredible? That's amazing. He is so much more compassionate than I am. I am not, I love people, I love, especially my children, I love them so much. And I have compassion for them when they're sick, but it's kind of like done there. I'm not a super compassionate person. It's like if you're sick, I'm not going to come hug you. I'm probably going to back away slowly and be like, God bless you. Let me send you some resources from afar. I don't want to get sick. But Jesus isn't like that. He's all up in our snotty messes. He wants to heal us because he loves us. And I don't think that Jesus stopped healing. In fact, I know Jesus didn't stop healing in that moment. Do you know Jesus still heals today? I have seen it in my own life. I'm sure there are so many of you that have seen it in your, in your lives. Let me tell you about some of the healing that God has brought in my life. I've shared this before. I'll share it again because it's my testimony. But, you know, I met Jesus at a really young age. I didn't have a dramatic conversion experience of meeting the Lord. I was literally three years old on a YWAM base watching a cartoon of Jesus. And I said, I want to be a Christian. Like, it was not dramatic. It was very young in me. But when I was around 11, I started suffering from childhood depression. And by the age of 16, it was so deep inside of me that I was facing suicide. I was starting to contemplate it very seriously. I was hopeless. It was, it was a dark place. And the Holy Spirit inside of me was screaming, this is not who you are. And I reached out, and I got some prayer. And I, this doesn't happen every time for everyone with depression, but I have to tell you, for me, I was healed in a moment. Depression left my life. I have never been back to that place again. I have never been in that spot again because Jesus healed me. From one moment, I was, on the, I was literally on the doorstep of death, and on the next moment, I walked out laughing, free. Now, I have to tell you, for the next two years, I had to change the way I thought. There were some patterns in my life that had to be broken, but I was healed in that moment. Around that time in my life, also, I was, I was prayed for, and asthma that I had had since childhood was healed. My husband has seen healing. When he was two years old, he was attacked by a dog, got bit on the cheek by a dog, and his, and his cheek was detached from his face, kind of hanging there. His mom came up and put her hand on his face and prayed for him. And when she removed her hand, his cheek was completely healed. When he was 16, he was in Thailand, and he was with a Thai pastor who said, hey, I noticed one of your legs is shorter than the other. Would you like to be healed? And he said, okay, sure. And he prayed for him, and my husband watched one of his legs lengthen before his eyes. Earlier this year, my, I see it in my children. Earlier this year, my son woke up with pink eye, you know, like I totally sealed shut. I prayed for my son, and God healed him. I watched the pink eye in about two minutes leave his eye completely into the corner. We took him to the doctor, 
And the doctor said, I can see he had it, but he doesn't have it anymore. Now, lest you think he didn't have it and it was a mistake, I got it later that week and God didn't heal me. So (laughs) I was kind of disappointed on that one. And a couple months ago, my daughter, the scariest moments of my life, I saw her fall from a from a chair and she hit her head on the table coming down and got knocked back. She started throwing up and then went pale and limp. And uh, I thought that she has a she has a concussion. She wasn't super responsive. And I called 911. And between the time that I called and the paramedics got there a few minutes later, I was just crying out to Jesus. And she, there's just a moment in time, I can't explain it. It's just that she suddenly, color came back to her face and she was interacting with me. When the paramedics looked at her, they, they said, what you described would indicate something serious, but we can't find where she was hit. We can't find any trace of anything bad happening. And I, I looked at that moment, and, and, and I have to tell you, she didn't even have a bruise on her head. I look at that, and I could explain it away and say maybe it wasn't as bad as it seemed initially, or I could say there's only one person who can heal, and that's Jesus. He healed her. We have a God who still heals. And if you think that my life is that unique, it's really not. Because if I gave the microphone over to you and we had people lined up talking about healing that God has done in their lives, we would be here a long time. We serve a God who heals forever. He loves us so much. So when we ask this question, do you want to be made well, he's not just talking about our bodies because he cares about our bodies. But do you know the Bible makes it incredibly clear that he wants to heal our hearts as well. We see in scripture in Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy and the load I put on you is light. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. You know, when the Bible talks about healing of hearts and healing of identities, it does not stop in the moment when which it says that we, God will heal a moment in your life. There are actually some Christians who would say, Jesus didn't come to heal your emotions. He came to heal your body. So if you've got hurt in your life, buck up. You've got eternity coming. But that's not the heart of God. That's a lie. You know, when Scripture talks about us being healed in our hearts, it takes it so much further than a one application healing. It talks of us being, about us being made new, about us being born again. Our entire lives, our entire identities changed and transformed by the blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. This difference between God healing a moment in our lives and making us totally new could sound trivial. But I believe that it means so much 
in the eyes of our hearts, in the face of eternity. Because who God is, is much greater than our circumstances. God absolutely wants to heal your hurts, but he wants you to know that that picture of you being a zombie, hobbled together, barely making your way to Jesus, is not the way God sees you. It's the way that you see you. God sees you as a new creation. He sees you as a powerful force. God says, I am always good. And because you live in a world that is always not, I want to make you new. So even though you may be made new in Christ, your world may not change immediately, but the way that you affect your world will change. The way you stand in the midst of trials will change. When we are made into a new creation in Christ, we are not like the patterns of the old world where we maybe once responded to brokenness in anger or hurt. We can now stand in healing and say, that is not what God says about the situation. And as we stand in line with the identity of Christ, we are able to change the world around us because of the power of God in us. It's a whole different way of approaching God. 1 Peter 3 says, it talks about this issue of being, this idea of being born again. It says, all praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by his mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And then it drops down to verse 6 and it says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. This morning, I believe that God wants to bring healing to our hearts. And I think that there are a few different ways that he wants to do it. We're going to pray in just a moment. But there are a few different ways that God wants to heal us. I believe, first of all, there are some of us who are saying, God, I am broken. I need to be made new. The wounds of my past and my present are controlling the way that I affect my future. And God, I need you to change me from the inside out. There are some here this morning who say, you know, I don't know that I, and I, I just really believe the Lord is saying this, that there are some of you here this morning that are saying, you know, I've, I don't know if I believe that God is really good. I know maybe this world is bad, but there are some of us that have that switched. We think that we have a God who's out to get us in a world that sometimes brings us relief. But if we have that switched in our minds and in our hearts, we're going to be looking to the wrong place for healing, aren't we? I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that when I sing that song, you're never going to let me down, that I have had to realign my heart in moments and say, God, I know that you will never let me down, even though I have been let down. God, I know that you are good, even when my circumstances are not. So let's pray this morning. Will you pray with me? Can you just put your hands out in front of you like maybe you're receiving something from God, like a gift? And let's just have our hearts open to him because I believe that he wants to do good things in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you come? 
Holy Spirit, would you come now? God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you are a healer. Holy Spirit, come and blow your healing presence through this room. Lord God, what are the areas in which we have been lied to? Holy Spirit, would you come and bring those up right now? Just listen to God. What is an area that you have been lied to by the enemy? God, we hold that before you. Lord, what is the truth? What is your truth that sets us free? I just feel like the Lord's saying there's someone here that needs to hear this morning that you are not worthless. You are on purpose. What you do matters. There, there's someone here that needs to hear that God has not let you down. The story is not over. Lord God, I pray for, um, in this place, Lord God, I just pray for healing to be released in Jesus' name. Healing over our hearts, healing over our bodies. God, we trust you. We trust you, we trust you, we trust you, and we believe what you say when you say that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give this time to you. In your name we pray. Amen. That's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, quick question. So this guy who's sitting there at this pool of Bethesda, Jesus comes along and says, hey, do you want to be made well? Do you think it had anything to do with his desire to want to be made well that Jesus said, okay, then go ahead and stand up? Or what do you think it was inside of him that finally, because truly after 38 years, he'd been there for a while. What, what was the difference, do you think, in that moment? Well, I think that Jesus, you know, I think Jesus asked him this because I, I we can want a miracle, but we don't necessarily want to always live out the consequences of that miracle, the responsibility of that miracle. And so I think that in that moment when Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? He was really asking, do you want to live well? Do you want to live healthy? Because after that moment, his life was going to change. And in the same way that after I was healed of depression, I had to spend two solid years intentionally changing the way I thought. That was way harder for me in many respects than living in depression before that. So maybe that explains why Jesus said to him, pick up your mat and go. You know, because it wasn't like Jesus cared about the dirty mat sitting on the ground. I got a funny feeling that 38 years that mat was a little stinky. Right? But what, what do you think Jesus told him to take his mat for? It was the very thing Kari said. To, to carry it with you as a testimony, as an example of what, how many people walked by him and said, you're the guy with the mat. I can see you got it. And something's changed in you. You, you walked this out. And so maybe there's somebody here today. What would you say to somebody who's like, yeah, man, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I don't have a healing going on in my life. What would you say to that person today who's like, even the emotional healing when Kari mentioned, huge. Happened in my life. I watched God bring some emotional healing to me, uh, but I had to walk it out. What, do you, what would you say to that person who's in need of that today? Well, we can't do anything in our own strength. And I think that, you know, when we know that God is the one who gives us that strength, who gives us that purpose, we come to him. But I also, you know, would encourage you that, you know, weak muscles need to be worked out. 
And so when he heals us, we may feel like, or, or we're looking for him to heal us. There are times in which he's asking us to carry things that are heavy so that we can be made strong. And Peter talks about that through these trials, we are refined so that our faith is purer than gold. That's good. Can we say thank you to Pastor Kari? Awesome.